That does not mean you have your wife under your foot and do what I say or else. That's not God's way. Never has been God's way. Okay? Um, it means that um, you are to lead them as priests. In natural things, teach them how to be good workers. Teach them how to be, when they're on their job, hey, you need to go to that job 15 minutes early. You need to be the first one there, the last one to leave. That's good etiquette or ethics, whichever word applies there. Uh, on your job, that shows initiative. You know, so we always taught our, taught our kids that, okay? So in the natural, you need to delegate it and, and let your kids and family know the right way to work, the right way to do things, the right way to treat people. Show them the way by your own life, because I guarantee you, your kids are watching you. And a lot of times they will emulate what you are doing. So you better be careful about what you're showing them. Amen? Now, of course, that also applies to the spiritual aspect. If you look at most churches, and I don't care what church you go to, you go and you start counting, you will see far more female bodies sitting there than male bodies. Why? Why? That is so sad. Most men do not want to go to church. And so, but they should. Because that's how you learn to grow yourself so that you can pass it on to your family. Amen? <coughs> so yes, it applies to that part. You should be leading them in the praying, in the Bible reading, in your devotionals, in the going to church. As the father, you need to instill that into your family. Um, Proverbs, hon, will you get Proverbs 22 and 6 for me? And Brother Rich, would you get Deuteronomy 6? And I want verses 6 and 7. And then I want a Dan get Joshua 24 and 15. Go ahead, read that, hon. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's your job's father, but most of the times fathers leave it up to the mothers to teach their children all the spiritual aspects of life. Though we did it together. But the father is to instill it if the wife reneges. He needs to say, honey, we need to have devotions with these kids. Honey, we need whatever. That's your job as priest of your home. And um, how often should you do that? Brother Rich, read your scripture there. I don't have it. Oh. <laughs> Somebody get Deuteronomy 3, 6, verse 6 and 7. I'm looking to find how to read. I'm not finding to read. What? You heard me. Somebody else have it? Go ahead. Well, look at that antique phone you have. You need to update, brother. Give me my phone one. 
This song's been with me through thick and thin. I can tell. And it's like brand new. Only sports, right? Brand new. Six and seven? Got it. Yeah, Deuteronomy 6. All right. And these words which I commanded thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto the ch thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So how often? Morning, noon, and night, actually, the way that reads. Yeah. All the time, you need to be training your children properly. I know at one time in our former church, our son went through an issue. He had a girlfriend that always cut his hair, always cut his hair before, and everything was fine. <laughs> but when the girlfriend started cutting his hair, she left it get longer and longer and longer. While our pastor... I don't care how long your or short your hair is. God says he don't look on the outward appearance. Man does. He looks on your heart. But our former pastor was concerned. Your hair had to be short. Short as a man. So anyways, our son was the drummer. I was the organist who was the drummer. Good drummer too. He could play a double bass. But anyways, he took him off the drums. Took him off the drums, said he couldn't play the drums until he got a haircut. Now remember, his hair barely touched his shoulders here. And um, so going home that day, Pastor and I was talking to him, and he said, well, I'm not going to go back to church anymore. The light comes on for us. So we're like, Tommy, you can't do that. Did God tell you to leave, church, leave the church? Well, no. Okay, so are you just being rejected because of what you can't play the drums? Is that all God is to you, playing drums? Well, no. Not forget all we said, but we gave him instruction. He did not quit church, okay? And he did let me cut his hair <laughs> the right way. But anyways, you know, you got to be very careful that when you do and what you do, is because you're doing it for God, not against him, or because someone else did something wrong to you. And that this is the thing that we need to teach our children. So all through life, pastor always tried to, to guide our kids according to the word of God and how to treat people, right? Bible says not to render evil for evil. If somebody mistreats you, you do not mistreat them in return. That's wrong. And you definitely don't mistreat God because of what someone else did to you. But a lot of people will do that. They'll take offense in a church. And if they think a pastor or one of the members did something against them, they'll leave the church. Well, you're hurting God's heart more than you're probably hurting that person. See what I mean? So don't don't do that. This this is why God has instructed the parents, the fathers especially, as kings of their house, to teach the children properly. So, okay. You know, most of those same individuals have a job in the secular world every day of every week. Someone or someone in authority on that job does something or says something to offend you. 
and I can say 95% of those individuals do not quit their job. Right. Because they see the benefit of it, and it's the same way with church. When you see the benefit of serving God, you won't quit on God because someone hurts your feeling. That's right. Because the Bible does not say, it does not teach us, we go by feelings. The just go by faith. That's right. You go by faith, meaning that somewhere that offense is to build your character. It's always about building character. Are you strong enough to stand the test? If you are, God will move you on. He can't move you on because you fail in the test. It's the test that builds our character. No, no one does not like it. I'll be the first one to say that. I do not like it when someone hurts my feelings. I do not like it when someone is disrespectful to me for the position I hold. But it builds my character. That's right. That's and you right. You've got to bear down, pull up your bootstraps, and fight the good fight. It's not easy. God didn't say. He never promised us it would be easy. But it builds character in you to see the good in others and not the bad. The Bible actually instructs us not to take no offense. <clears throat> that means the true love of God, if you read the description of the characteristics of the true love of God in Corinthians, it says that true love, God's kind of love, in and through you, takes no account of wrongs suffered. There are people who still hold unforgiveness or offense over dead people, and they're dead and gone. And they still let that define their life and what they're doing, how they live, how they believe, things like that. They allow that to affect their life. Why? Because they took offense. One of the definitions I think of offense is snare. It's snare. It doesn't snare them, it snares you. So you need to let go of offense, yes. And wasn't it Peter that the Lord addressed him about how many times he has to forgive someone? And of course he, you know, he has to always be quick spoken and he throws a number out there and there's seven times. And the Lord said, how about seven times 70? Now it's not a mathematical equation. Right. The answer to that is again, and again, and again, and again, and again, in the same day, for the same, same offense. That's right. Now, now, how many can do that? Is that easy? No. It's not easy, but forgiveness, or forgiving, is a choice. Do you feel like you forgave them? No, you want to sock their teeth out, kick them in the shins, do something. Run them over with the truck. I don't know what you want to do. But forgiveness is a choice. You make a decision. No, I'm going to forgive you. I've forgiven a lot of people of debt. They owe me money. They know they owe me money. But they don't pay me. So I just, I don't say nothing to them, but I say to God, Lord, I just forgive them of that debt. And I let it go. I don't look for it. I don't respect it of them. I love them just the same. I hug them just the same. 
I treat him just the same. Pastor has a man that owed him $50 for almost as many years, 50 years. And every time we see that man, we just smile, we shake his hand or hug him, whatever, and we've known him all our life. And, and the thing was, he only charged him $50 for an entire car engine. And he never paid the $50 to this day. What do you do? You just forgive. It's not worth it to hang on to that. It'll snare you. It'll cause you to, it'll ruin your life. It'll cause stress on you. And stress is a killer, let me tell you. So, yeah. But there was other there's other disciples who wanted to call fire down from heaven. Yeah. And and punish and like we we see someone this individual that bothers us, we we would hope God would remove them from the planet right. so we never have to see them again or face them again or whatever, you know. And a lot of times that same individual, you'll go down the aisle in the grocery store and they'll come around the other side. Yep. And God lets you meet them on purpose. And the That's first right. thing that comes up in you is either forgiveness or regret. You'll mm -hmm. know it right away because it comes up in your spirit yep. that you have or you have not forgiven that individual. That's right. And if you can walk right up to them and hug them with a smile, you can mean it. And the benefit, the benefit of that comes to you, That's the right. forgiver. You will benefit somewhere in your life. God will see that you benefit because of that. Because you didn't harbor what God has forgiven you of. He's forgiven you of much. And that's what we always have to rehearse in our minds. You can't forgive them of a little, but he's forgiven us of much. And I know myself personally, God has forgiven me of much, 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 much. Right, and that's why I have to love him because I look at how much he has forgiven me as 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 a leader that he would choose me to lead other people because he has forgiven me of so much. Yes, that's now remember that song I was telling you about a while ago. It says he looked beyond our beyond our faults and saw saw our needs. That's the way we're to treat other people or to view other people. Look beyond their faults and see their need. They need God. And there's some that are professing Christians that really don't, they're more carnal Christians, the Bible calls them. Their character does not line up with the Word of God. You need to work on your character in this day and age especially because people are watching you as a Christian, how you're acting, how you're treating, how you're reacting to things. They watch you. You know, a good thing to, re to rehearse within ourselves is to remember the first person you're going to see when you get to heaven. Not the person that offended you or hurt you, but you're going to see the first person who forgave you. That's right. And you have to remember that. And you want him to say to you, welcome in, thy good and faithful servant. So that's where you have to steadfast and fight the good fight. That's right. Fight that thing. Fight the bullet. Dig, dig your heels in and, and fight against that thing that hurts you or upsets you. We all have it. We all have it. Just because I'm a leader, it, 
Sometimes I go through Sometimes some you get hit worse. Rough things. Yes. You know, like they say, you know, you got get slapped on one side of your face, you have to turn the other cheek and, and get slapped again, so to speak, with words verbally. But it's 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 not easy. It's not easy, but it is easy when you go to the forgiver. That's when right. you go to him, he gives you the ability. We cannot do these things in our human self. The church needs to learn that. You cannot do it in yourself. You cannot handle it in yourself. You cannot forgive in yourself. You cannot forget in yourself. That's right. The old verbiage of burning the hatchet and letting the handle stick up. Yeah. You know, that you, you have to allow him to work in you and through you. And if you allow him to do it, you can do it. You can do anything. You'll be able to hug that enemy when they approach you, instead of trying to avoid them and everything else. Dan, I want you to read. That. I think the verse before that too, fourteen, where he's telling them to make a choice. Fourteen. Might even 15. be two verses before Joshua twenty-four. Twenty-four. Fourteen. Yeah. Serve for the Lord and serve him. Oh, so fear the Lord and serve him. Wholeheartedly put away forever the idols and of your ancestors worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then ch choose today whom you will serve. <clears throat> Would you prefer to the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates, or will you, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. There you go, fathers. You need need to draw that line, make that choice. That's what Joshua was saying to the people there. He said, "Make a choice." Either follow God or follow the false gods that the other ites, all them ites, Jebusites, Hittites, ites, all them ites. You know ites is never a good word. Stick it on the end of a, a medical term. Not a good word. So all them ites, get rid of them. Amen? Don't choose to follow them. Joshua said, as for me and my house, fathers, you need to make that choice. We will serve the Lord. And that can't just be mouth service. That means in word and deed, actions. Amen? Yes, Pastor. And, and repetitively, through the word of God, God don't force nothing on his people. He, he leaves the choice up to you. That's Where it. could you find a good father like that? He, he looks at you and says, he presents it to you. You make the choice. That's right. I mean, can't get any better than that. You know, I believe, now this is my personal belief, even when Judas, who betrayed Christ, if you remember when Judas came to the Lord in the garden, and uh, he said that his sign to the, to the soldiers in that, that this was the man you're to take captive, he said, I'll kiss him on the cheek. So when Judas did the Judas kiss, Jesus said, friend, friend, he knew he was the one that was betraying him, but he called him friend, and I think he said that 
because he was given Judas one last chance. Yeah. But Judas didn't take it. That's my personal opinion. Okay, moving right along. Prophet. So, fathers, as priests of your home, do the right thing, lead your home right. Amen. Prophet. A prophet views current conditions and anticipates what the future may hold. The, he is deeply aware of the world around him and how it impacts his family today, for better or for worse, and how it will impact them in the future. And most importantly, as the prophet of his house, he will prepare his family for what he sees coming. That means as a father, you need to instruct your children, your family, uh, to be careful. Okay, those that work, teach your kids to tithe. We taught our kids from babies on up to tithe. Why? Because God says if you tithe, you, you put him first, then he will give it back to you. Amen? Okay. Your so trust. we always call them the top. It's your trust. That's your right. Trust You're showing if you trust God or not. If you don't trust God, you won't be a father. And you can say 999 times a day you trust God, but you do not. Not really. Okay, so we taught them from the beginning to always tithe to the Lord. To Always go to church whenever they could, possible, when it was possible. Pastor shared the story one time where the kids got to be, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, kind of in that age range. We're not going to church tonight. Now, you got to remember, back then, we went to church four times a week. Wednesday night, Friday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. Then one time they switched to Saturday night and Sunday morning and Sunday night. But we went four times a week. And our services weren't an hour long, an hour and a half long. They were three and a half hours long. We had a worship team and musicians, and we sang for at least an hour. Jody probably can remember that. You were young enough to remember that. Legalism. Yeah. And, huh? Legalism. Yeah, it was kind of legal, very legalistic. Not kind but anyways. Of yeah. <laughs> Too much. Yeah, it was very legalistic. But however we went. So we taught our kids, you know, you put God first, you know. And even on school nights, I know parents have kept their kids home from school. Well, they got to get up for school. Well, you got to get up for work. You teach them early, you know, because there's going to come a day they're going to have to get up early for work. And so they need to have that instilled in them that, you know. So we even, sometimes they were laying under the... The pews, the bed, just sleeping. That was fine. Because when you're sleeping, you're still hearing things, believe it or not. Your your subconscious is picking up things. If you've got music going, if you've got somebody talking, if you've got whatever going, it gets into your subconscious mind. So uh, we taught them that. Well, this one time they got the idea, well, we're not going to church. We, de we decided we're not going to church, right? So we're like, well, okay. So him and I went back. We got dressed and got all ready and everything. And he said to him, okay, well, we're going to uh, 
We're going to still go to church, and uh, if the Lord comes, they were all seated, while we're at church, they were all seated on the sofa. On the sofa, yeah. They and I went, over, I went over in the recliner and set aside on them, and I started to tell them, and I said, it's okay. You made a decision. You stay home. And I didn't argue with them. We didn't get the stick or anything else. I just said, I give them a little bit of wisdom. I said, but remember this. We never know when the Lord's going to come. And if mommy and daddy never comes back home, you know where we are. We went to be at the Lord. So somebody in this house has to get a job. You have to buy the groceries. You have to pay the utility bills. You have to pay the lot rent, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And when I told them all that, boy, it only took them three seconds. They were all back, had a shower, dressed. We're ready. We're, yeah. we're, we're going to church. <laughs> they never again said they're not going to church. <laughs> now, when kids are younger, then as a parent, it's your job to see that they're in church. But once they get to that age where they can make decisions, you need to let them make their, they're going to make some wrong ones. Absolutely, they will. You did too. I did too. But you've got to make them make them wrong decisions. Let them do that. That's balance. As like we're talking about the priest or the, the leader of the home, you don't always force them, but you instruct them righteously and in the right way. But it has to be balanced. They've got to be able to make their mistakes and learn from them like you did. Okay? So uh, when they were little, they went to church. That was it. You know, you go to church. But when they got to that age where they could make a decision, like he said, we gave them the opportunity. I remember one time I walked past my son's bedroom and he was a teenager and his friend, up, we lived in a trailer park then, and up the street in the other trailer, he listened to a 96.1 or something like that. It was a, a some kind of rock and roll music or something. And we didn't play that kind of music in our house. My, my Bible says not to mingle your seed. I'm just learn that out there. I don't listen to things that don't bring glory to God. If it's glorifying a bottle of booze, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> or if it's glorifying cheating on your wife, I don't want to hear it. That's me. That's the choice I made. We made together. We listen to what glorifies God. We try to watch what glorifies God. Things like that. So, but anyway, so I walked past the bedroom and I heard this uncertain sound coming from my son's bedroom. He was probably about 16 then, I'm thinking, somewhere around there. And I just listened and I knew it wasn't music that glorified God. So I just knocked on the door, off went the music. Yeah, come on in. So I went in and I just stood there and looked at him and I said, I don't think what I heard coming out of here was glorifying God. I said, but you're at the age now. If you think God's pleased with that and you're okay with it, then you go ahead and listen to it. It's all right. And I went out. Guess what? That weekend or that Friday whenever I was cleaning his room and I cleaned under his bed, there was radio all tore apart. Now that was a bit extreme. He could have just turned it off. He tore, tore the whole radio apart and just got the magnet out and had it laying on his dresser. You know, you've got to put the ball in their park at some point where they can make a decision too because they need to do that. But if you have trained them right, they may stray a little bit, but they're going to come back. 
God's going to bring it back one way or another. Amen? All right, the last one, prophet. Did I even start reading this one? Oh, I did, didn't I? Thank you. Okay. What happened oh. there with that scenario, I think uh, the enemy had presented itself. His close friend, he yeah. had he had something his close friend wanted, and his friend had the radio, so they swapped. He swapped what his friend wanted for the radio. That's yeah. what it was. They swapped at that age. And you know how teenagers are. Teenagers know how teenagers are. They listen to their friends, and they get tend to get pulled into some of the things that their friends do, even though they know it's not right. If they've been taught it's not right, they still allow that voice, that voices that speak to them can pull them into things that they shouldn't be into that are harmful or detrimental to their life, to their thought life, to whatever. So, but if you taught them right, God's going to get them. Amen. My verbiage to them was I used to say quite often, it's not so much what you've done that God looks at. I said, it's what you do about what you've done. That's right. I said, do what's right now. You've already made the mistake. Now do what's right about it. You can't undo it. That's right. You know, we used to be told years ago, you could take a pillowcase full of feathers because they were filled with duck down, you know, and take them on the highest hill and let them out in the wind and they would scatter. And you could go gather so many percentage, but you could never gather a hundred percent back. Right. And that's the same way when you make a mistake, you can't, but you can do what's proper about that and right. learn, learn from your mistake. Okay, so as the prophet men, fathers, it's your responsibility to give words of wisdom to your family. Be kind and help your family to grow by telling them good words of wisdom. Uh, be careful what you say to children in front of their mothers or to the mother in front of the children because children will listen to what you're saying. Okay, I know a pastor, I'm very close with this, had a friend uh, that was his best friend, so I came along. I upset the apple cart. But uh, his best friend, Terry, um, his father, evil man, very evil man. They ran him out of Virginia. That's how evil he was. The state ran him out of Virginia. Tennessee, I think it was. Or, well, it was, yeah, Tennessee, wherever. They ran him out. Anyways, Pastor hung around with his friend, Terry, and uh, rode bikes, that kind of stuff and everything. And... All the time, he would hear Terry's father saying, saying to him, you're no good, you're never going to be no good. And he'd kick him, and he took the one kid, turned him upside down in the rain barrel, and almost drowned him. I mean, he was not a good father, what we would call a good father. And so that's all the kinds of words that Terry heard all his life, always you're never going to be nothing. You aren't worth nothing. Blah, blah. All this evil stuff he sewed into that boy. Did you know, at 40 years old, I believe he was 40, he went up in the woods, crawled in his sleeping bag, and blew his head off with a shotgun. Sad. And I say it had a lot to do with the words that were spoken into his life. 
and how he was treated all his life. It's sad. We tried to get him to church. I think he even did come once or twice. I did get him to, to the church, church he went to, but I, I, we got him at the altar, and he repeated the sinner's prayer. But where he went from that, I don't know. Yeah, because we lost track with raising three kids and everything, and didn't uh, have time with him to really sow into his life. But uh, your words, Dad, are very important to your sons. And those that are not fathers yet, if you become a father, you need to remember that. Speak words of good, words of encouragement into their hearts and into their lives. Amen. And as they're growing up, you know, I think you ministered one time on the apron strings. Yes. You know, to loose the apron strings, there comes a point of time, especially to the mother, where you don't want to let the children make mistakes. They got to, that's part of life. You it's gotta, you gotta let them go and make their decisions. It may not be the decision you like or the decision you want to the mother or the father, to the son or to the daughter, either one. But you sow into their life and that's what it says, they won't stray. It's like the tree, they said once the tree if you don't, a sapling they call it, the young right. tree, you can tie it and take the bow out of it against the elements. So it grows stronger. Like the certain way the wind blows constantly every day will cause that tree to go toward the elements and that's the way our children will go toward those elements that best attract them. So you got to sow things into them against those elements that would lead them the wrong way. And then you, you do your best, you sow, and someone else will come along and water what you sowed. And God will see that the proper increase, that's where he says when they stray, yeah. they will come back. They'll come back. They may stray for a while, but, you know, God's got their number. Amen? If you've done right by them and you've, You've trained them up right, they will come back again. Amen. Do you want to have? Well, I love the fathers today. We love you, and we would like to have them all come up and yeah. pray over you. <laughs> and um, then we got a little gift for you. And <laughs> Seth and I was laughing yesterday. And uh, <coughs> Sheets card. Gas went up. <laughs> Seth told me I missed it, though. What did you say to me this morning, hon? It's 5.03 now. It's 5.03. The car's only five, so you got to muck up your own three cents for that gallon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but uh, we do have a little gift for you instead. But let, yes, we like to pray, Pastor and I like to pray over all the fathers today. Thank you for being so gracious and putting up with me this morning. But they can get us. They can bring and get one of those. Oh, yeah, you can get food in there. They can get one of those made-to-order sandwiches. Yes, which, you do that, yeah. That's what my grandson would do. He wouldn't waste that on gas. Yeah, get, get one of those, yeah, those king-size sandwiches. Yes. Just you fathers can uh, just hold hands. Yep. And, uh, Join, we're joining together, amen. Mothers. You can come and stand behind them. Judy, you want to come? And want to encourage them this morning as fathers in their duties. Maybe you all have made some mistakes. 
and as a father. Just one. Hey, that's right. One. So, you know, you just do what the Lord says. Ask the Lord to forgive you and go on from here. And I hope some of the things that we shared with you today give you a little more insight into some things to do uh, better by your children and your wives and your family as a whole because you're very much needed. Now, I know on Mother's Day, there's a more of a big hoop de la for mothers. Did you ever notice that? I looked it up. 141 million Mother's Day cards are purchased. It's only 93 million for the men. Sorry. Now, what's in cup? It isn't Mother's Day, but... I I I do did a load of wash and I cleaned up the kitchen and this morning I seen some stuff on the carpet and I got the vacuum out and I vacuumed the carpet. I did that out of appreciation for all the time she spent this past week or so getting our yard sale ready. And I personally want to thank every one of you that participated. That means a lot to us. We yes. really do. We may not say it all the time or or do whatever, but we deeply appreciate everybody that helps. It shows us that you're with us. It's a, it's a two-way street, I always tell people. Pastor puts in a lot of hours coming and going and, and do whatever, and uh, I don't work on a natural job anymore, but I do, when I can at the church, I'm not lazy, I like to do things. I might, I might still run the vacuum after Yes. After 25 years in the ministry, or clean the bathrooms, or take the garbage out, I still, I still do all that stuff. I don't stop. But the thing is, I don't want to take away from you your glory that God has a position for you. That you do stuff unto the Lord. That's right. Don't do it just for Pastor and his wife. You do it unto God. You do it to God because it's His house. It's where His people come. He gets the glory. He said he wants all the glory. When people come to your church to visit and they see the things that you do to help participate, that's like we said here two, three weeks ago, I guess, about paying dues, you know, when you belong to a, an exercise club or whatever you pay dues. It's the same way with the church. The, the tithing, some people fight that like crazy, you know, they, they struggle. They struggle all the time because they fight tithing. Why would you fight that? You know, you well, help. It's a benefit for you. You help keep the lights on. You help keep the air conditioned when it's hot. You help put the heat in here when it's cold. For God, you're you're to do it for God. When you get your focus wrong, that's what happens. You have to get your focus right. You're doing it for God, and when you stand before Him, He's going to reward you things accordingly. And he said, you will lay up gold, silver, and gems, or you'll lay up hay, stubble, and wood. Of course, we know when the fire tries those things, they burn up. And the things that you do for the, with the right motive are going to be purified. But the things you do for the wrong motive is going to be destroyed. So you'll have nothing to lay at his feet. That's the right priority. You don't do it for just Pastor and his wife. Because we do things to help build the church just like you. And we love you. We love you and we appreciate you very, very much. And I hope you take one of these cards when you get it 
and buy yourself a nice big juicy sandwich. Don't buy gas. You'll just burn that up and get yourself a Or one of them, uh, some of you guys like those exotic coffees or, you know, whatever. And get yourself something good. Ten hot dogs, man. Ten hot dogs. Ten hot dogs. Thank you. There you go. So, Father, as they join hands. Thank you, Lord. We join together. These are your sons, Father. And we let the anointing rest upon their lives because of the Christ that lives within them, Lord. Lead them and guide them, Father. Help them to have a hearing ear. Father God, that they will hear what you're telling them to do. Because it's not always easy, Lord. Without your anointing, without your approval, Father, the decisions are not easy. But with you, Lord, we can do all things, the Bible declares, through Christ. Through Christ, you, that we get it done, that we can put the right foot forward. Be with these fathers and help them to teach and to talk about the things of God to those around them that you put them in face-to-face -face with, Lord. Those co-workers, those neighbors that rub them in the wrong way. Those that have neighbors that have a horse for a dog and they like to come in their yard and do their business, Father. Help them to love those individuals, to love them and to teach them. And they will show respect, Father God, because they know where those people attend church and they will want to come and they will want to learn from you. Go with them this day and let this day be a glorious day to them, Lord. Let the good things rain upon them, Father, because you died for them. You love them, Lord. You want the best things for them, regardless of what the enemy says, regardless of what those gainsayers say, Father God. You said to have word over the gainsayer. That we are somebody. Say, I'm the king's kid. I'm the king's kid. Yes, and we help to rule in a kingdom. The king rules in a kingdom. The kingdom is your home. The kingdom is your family. The kingdom is your children. The kingdom is your spouse. Men, make those women proud of you. Yes. In Jesus' name. Put a smile in their heart, Lord. Let them be bold and let them step broad before you. Put the right foot forward. In Jesus' mighty name, we thank you again and again. Amen and amen. Now, if you go to a restaurant today, you'll probably get in with no problem. If it was Mother's Day, you would need a reservation. <laughs> we love you guys. We love you all. Yes, we God love you. bless. He's not a father. And you better give Josiah one then for you. He's not a father either. Henry? Well, I just might. Don't you get all excited on me. Rosie? Don't get excited, Rosie. Brother. Be blessed today. Don't get excited, Rosie. This is for future. I'm, I'm selling for future now. Not too close. Not too close, please. I'm still dealing with this little one.
so much. I already have I need like 10 years to do it. I need so much. I I have different things that I've had for 